you there. Good morning. It's morning, Dave, here. We're at 8.40 now. It's 20 before 9. And it's time for us to check in and find out what happened to your money yesterday on the stock markets. Does that sound like an ominous tone of voice? Well, there's a reason. Let's go downtown. Check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, good morning. How's life this morning? Hey, good morning, Dave. It was a... um... I would say a bloodbath yesterday uh, towards the end of the day. It was, um, you know, once the Fed minutes came out, it was uh, Katie bar the door, not going up, but going down across the board. Oh, absolutely. I was going to open up our conversation this morning by asking you whether you're old enough, whether your mother gave you castor oil as a kid. Uh, tastes like crud, but it was good for you. Well, it's kind of sort of what the Fed minutes described. And uh, you and I were talking before we went on the air. We thought it was pretty clear from Paulson's press conference after the last Fed meeting. Yeah, they're going to stop buying stuff, and uh, they're going to stop buying it faster than we expected by the end of March. And uh, they were planning on a couple of interest rate increases on the reference rate this year. But it sounds like from the open market committee meetings from yesterday that instead of that being the hawkish end of the range, that actually was the dovish end of the range. A lot of the Fed governors wanted to move even faster, so the bias looks like uh, we're just going to stop buying bonds almost right away, aren't we? Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it's looking that way. I mean, I, I can't uh, – I, I didn't imagine that that would have happened. And like you and I were talking before we went on the air that, you know what, if these guys would have just listened to you and I a year ago, maybe we could have avoided some of this. <laughs> yeah, just put us in charge. The world would be a better place. <laughs> Bottom line was, yeah, the Fed minutes indicated that as much as anything, the bias is toward an even more draconian end to the uh, loose money policy than Paulson said after the meeting last month. And some of the governors were even talking about instead of uh, just ceasing buying government and uh, corporate bonds, some of them were even talking about selling it. And uh, we always say when people start selling bonds, what that ends up doing drops the rate on buying those bonds, and that means the interest rate goes up even faster. So if you want to see higher interest rates, people, you're going to be real happy because the 10-year notes are already going up. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. You know, I mean, and that's the thing, right? They start selling, and people don't want to buy them. So what do you have to do if people don't want to buy? you got to entice them, right? So you have to lower the price, which increases the yield, which is the whole thing you're talking about, interest rates going up the value of bonds will start to sink really quick. And the next time the federal government has to issue new bonds in order to get people to buy the dang things, they're going to have to high, offer a higher face interest rate on it, which is going to increase the cost of servicing our debt. And that's what you and I have been preaching for a long time. Not only is it scaring the pants off of the more adventurous stocks, especially the NASDAQ index, but it's going to screw up our federal budget as time goes on, too, which is kind of why I describe it as castor oil. I mean, we need it because inflation is getting a little out of control. But, uh, whoa, this is not going to be fun for the interim. Yeah, the 10-year the, the Treasury is already up over 1.7. It's at 1.726 right now. So that's a yield. That means those, those bonds are dropping uh, pretty quick. Because yesterday morning when you and I talked, it was just barely over 1.6%. And, uh, and like we've said before, small moves in interest rates are a big deal. It doesn't take a half a percent increase to, uh, to, to mean anything. If it goes up a tenth or two tenths of a percent, that, that's a huge deal when it comes to the bond market. 
Oh, absolutely. When we look at our home mortgages, two-tenths of a percent makes a difference on your payment. But when you start talking about a half a percent difference, two-tenths of a percent difference across trillions and trillions of dollars worth of money, well, you're starting to talk about some serious bucks here. You really are. And I think that's what maybe got the, the market a little upset yesterday. Absolutely. And uh, it was kind of shock value. And it looks like at the very least in the growth stocks, things are continuing a bit this morning. Uh, government data dump starts out the morning. We're on the uh, Thursday. That means it's unemployment uh, time. First time jobless claims. This I'm not overly concerned about. They were expecting 195,000, which is abnormally low. We got 207,000 first-time unemployment claims last week. Uh, we're getting so doggone low, I'm calling that margin of error numbers. That's abnormally low no matter what. Do you think the market's going to disagree with that reading? No, I don't think so. And then you look at continuing claims, same thing. I mean, they're down below 2 million. I mean, that's just um, a really low number that we've seen. And, and um, uh, you know, you and I continue to to talk about how many people have actually left the workforce. That's why that number's down so much. Absolutely. The other item that came out of the government this morning was the trade balance, which actually, just for a change, it was a little bit of good news. It went up like a rocket last month and actually leveled off a little bit. $80.2 billion, which is too much, but it's less than they expected the trade balance to be a deficit, and a little bit, a uh, little bit less than last, a little bit less than last month was. So that's probably good news. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm stuttering for just a minute, Dave, because my last month says it was 67 billion compared to 80 billion today. That's right. Expected was 81 billion. Same is it came in a little less than was expected, which I'm calling at least a little bit of good news. Yeah, but I'm looking at last month. Last yeah, month, there's think. like a uh, last month that says it was sixty-seven billion on my ticker sheet. You're right. My columns were off of the process. <laughs> so it's a lot worse than what it was last month. Yeah, worse than last month, but better than expected. It's better like, than expected. Yep, yep, that's true. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, other things going on. We're actually starting a few early earnings reports, and uh, Walgreens came in with a report. The Walgreens came in. You know, the drugstore did well. Um, they, they beat by a little over 30 cents a share. Uh, revenue was ahead. So they did really well. Obviously, COVID testing and demand for vaccines is, is helping them because they're getting paid by the government to do those things. They're up about four and a quarter percent this morning, um, and they're getting closer and closer to their 52-week high. You know, the real surprise this morning is Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they had a loss. Um, they were expected to come in flat, break even for the quarter, and they actually lost 25 cents um, for, 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 the, for the quarter. So imagine my surprise, Dave, when I pull it up to look at the actual ticker to see what it's doing, and it's up 10%. Why? Yeah, those things just don't agree, right? So I had to go dig in a little bit further. And, um, and so I guess here's the deal is that they're in the third quarter they finished up their third quarter of a multi-year plan to, uh, to bring gross margins up um, and reduce some expenses and some other things. So supply chain was an issue, obviously. Freight was an issue um, during the quarter, but that they made progress on their gross margins. They actually increased their gross margins, which was good news. Um, and they're continuing to see that develop. So they're only like three quarters of a year in on a multi-year plan. So the CEO is happy with the progress and looks for better improvements 
um, over the next couple quarters. Plus, they closed yesterday um, four cents away from a 52-week low. So, so they were down 11% yesterday. So I think that uh, that report, the optimistic outlook, boosted them up this morning. Okay. So guidance still rules, and it looks like it might be uh, for the early beginnings of this thing. Guidance is going to rule this quarter as well. At least when it comes to some of the retail stuff, I think so. The, uh, the other thing I had was Constellation Brands. They're the uh, liquor producers, spirits producer. Um, they, uh, they, they beat by, uh, by a little bit and, uh, and beat their sales forecast also. So, so good things for them. Uh, they actually started off down about 2%, but now they're up about 1%. Uh, again, they're, they're butting their heads against a 52-week high as well. They, they did have uh, ConAgra uh, come in. They did miss estimates, Dave. You know, they're the big food guys. Mm-hmm. Missed by four cents a share. Uh, came in at 64 cents. They did raise their full year sales forecast, um, but it didn't help their stock a whole lot. Down a quarter, uh, which is about three quarters of a percent right now. All right. We would be remiss if we didn't mention what's happening to Bitcoin in the process of all this adventurous money going south on us in the process. Uh, Bitcoin, what did it lose? Eight percent, something like that yesterday? It was down significantly yesterday, and it's down 2.3 percent again this morning. It's at $43,100. Remember, uh, uh, towards the end of last year or last quarter, it got up to what about sixty-three thousand, maybe a little bit more than that last year. I can't remember the exact number, but uh, so it's off significantly from that high. Like that TV ad said, the future belongs to the bold, or the ones that can, <laughs> or the ones that can afford to lose their shirt, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> Pretty much. Resetting the table for the morning. It was a bloodbath yesterday, and almost all the blood got let after the uh, open market committee meetings came out at 2 p.m. Dow was down by a full percent. The S&P was down by about eh, 1.94 percent, and the NASDAQ went down by 3.34 percent. And almost all of those losses were found after 2 p.m. when the Fed minutes came out. That's El Stinko. Are we sobering up a little bit this morning and leveling off? You know, we are. I, I guess we would call it that, Dave. We got the Dow is actually recovering some, very some. It's up a quarter of a percent. It's about $85. The S&P 500, let's just call it flat. It's been it's up less than a dollar right now, and it's been fluctuating between up about three or four to down three or four. So it's, it's, it hasn't decided which way it wants to go yet. NASDAQ 100, it is down about a half a percent, $73. So it's, uh, it looks like it's in for maybe another rough day given interest rates. Hey, on the commodity side, we got gold and silver trading down. Man, silver is getting clobbered this morning, Dave, down 5%. And, uh, and gold is, is down 2%. That's back down under $1,800 to $1,788 an ounce right now. The only thing that's going up is the stuff you and I don't like to see going up, and that's crude oil. It's up two and a quarter percent. Hold your breath, Dave. It is less than 50 cents away from $80 a barrel, 79.56. Now, I was going to say, that's not supposed to happen until the end of the year. I think it might happen before the end of the week. How about you? Um, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. (laughs) Not a pretty sight this morning, the way it looks. Overseas markets, the Asian rim was actually kind of mixed overnight. No major changes of any great size. European markets are looking at us and going, oh, God, 
They're kind of hoping their central banks don't read from our playbook. They're all off up to a percent and a half in some places midway through their day. This is one of those times where it kind of alludes to what we talk about. You can't control what the government does, and you sure can't control what the big money does in reaction to it. That just means you've got to control your own risk. How do I find you to get that under control in my retirement fund? You know, Dan, that's exactly why we created the core retirement design to help people make sure that the risk they have in their portfolio matches up with the risk that they can really and truly handle. Uh, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your visit for your core retirement design to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Check out our website, statlerfinancial.com. Join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. And again here tomorrow morning, same time on light. Philip, thank you so much. Let's hope for a quieter day today on Wall Street, shall we? Shall we shall, for sure, Dave. Have a great one. I'll talk to you in the morning. Gotcha. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler, are you near? Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I uh, hope your year is off to a great start. Remember, if you're getting close to retirement, what's close? Five to 10 years. Or you've already pulled the trigger and you've retired. This is even more important to you to make sure that you've got everything set up properly and you don't have too much risk in your portfolio. Call us and let us set up a core retirement design for you so that you can have the retirement you always dreamed of. Hey, with that, I'm gone. I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Take care. Bye now.